0: Bruin Doomsday fans getting humiliated, and you know what? I'm not feeling sorry for them. Nope, not one bit. After UCLA took down number 19, Washington State, 67-63 on Saturday, the highest scoring game in Pac-12 history. The Bruins coming back from 32 points down. They scored 50 points in the final 19 or so minutes of the game. To grab their first win of the season and go to 1-0 in conference play. And all of a sudden, there's life within the fan base. There's spunk. There's enthusiasm. It's just simply amusing to see how one win can have such a power and a transformative property to it as UCLA tries to build off of what was a monumental win. And with that, we welcome you into an upbeat episode of Locked On Bruins. Brian Fenley with you. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian Fenley. You can tell me what was on your mind from the win over the weekend via email, Bruins at gmail.com. We are a relatively infant podcast channel So, would appreciate it if you were to hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And, obviously, we will dominate this episode by hearkening back to the wind over the weekend. But, I do want to bring up before we get into some of the nitty-gritty of the actual game. And, we'll also talk about what... Washington State had to to say about that second half collapse they had. And then we'll also look at Dorian Thompson Robinson's rapid improvement. But, you know, coming into this win before, there was this narrative that was hovering around the UCLA program. People second guessing Chip Kelly's defense. The sluggish start of their quarterback in Dorian Thompson-Robinson. The trepidation over Jerry Azanero as defensive coordinator with his previous ho-hum numbers working with prior defenses of the past. And then there was discussion about, well, why is Chip Kelly not running the Oregon offense when he had so much success? And, matter of fact, what is he running? Because the offense was putting up 14 points in each of the first three games. So, Vegas even didn't have much respect for the Bruins in this Washington State matchup. The Bruins were touted as 18 and a half point underdogs. And so, here's what I think this win exposes and what we saw in that second half, and what was sort of like an out-of-body experience for the Bruins based on how they had played the first three games. This exposed to me about the fan base that there had to be an issue with reacting too emotionally. And I think a lot of fans were doing that, and not logically or tactfully you know I had a friend text me during the UCLA Washington State game when they were down the Bruins 49-17 and he said is Chip Kelly going to lose his job and then I didn't text him back and then he texted me about an hour or so later and he said never mind he saved it and then I had somebody tell me a week ago that he will not go to the Rose Bowl and watch the Bruins play until Chip Kelly is gone. So, so while I can understand the frustration, I feel like this shows the, the dangers, the, the trap uh, of jumping to conclusions where those folks who were basically apathetic or becoming disinterested in the team would have heard what Josh Kelly said at practice leading into the Washington State game where he said, we have to trust the process. We've got great coaches and fans who who felt akin to to be on the negative side might have just rolled their eyes at which Joshua Kelly said and and maybe they would have done the same thing when you heard what Devin Asiasi said, the Bruin tight end, when he felt just this past week, that he thought UCLA was on the verge of a breakthrough. So, what this all tells me is all the negative noise around the program, all the folks that hold those beliefs, who purport to know what's going on and feel like their say means something, they're all fools. Every single one of them, because they are not in the inner workings of the program. They are on the outside. They have no idea what's going on in there. Again, I, I, they're just jabronis, and and they don't realize, and I actually thought this was just a millennial thing, but they don't realize that to be the best, you actually have to put in the work, and I can't tell you how many millennials say they want to do something and be good at something, but a just no work ethic or sense of dedication to what it actually takes to make it work and so there's always this need for like shortcuts and I don't think Kelly is that guy who is looking for shortcuts you know I think he has a plan where you know he's not looking to to get 6 and 6 you know and, and make a low tier bull I mean He's not one of those band-aid of a ball coaches. He's got this dynasty outlook, and he's basically had to start from the bottom. And I brought this up last week, but you know, Mike Leach didn't really get his program rolling at Washington State until the fourth year. You know, he went three and nine and then six and seven. They lost in the bowl game. And then they thought, oh, maybe we're getting really good. They go back to three and nine. And then it was that fourth year where they built up the program and, and have now been to bull games over and over again. All right, coming up, what Bruin coach used positive encouragement to help the Bruins get out of that 32-point deficit on Saturday? His positive reinforcement was absolutely critical. But first, make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Appreciate you keeping it real with us on Locked on Bruins. Brian Fenley with you. Chase Coda caught a ton of balls on Saturday night, had over 100 yards receiving, and during the post-game press conference He noted one assistant coach on the Bruins who went out of his way to instill optimism within the team despite the fact in the third quarter they were down by 32 points. And he said Jerry Neuheisel continued to bring positive reinforcement to the team up and down the sideline when guys were pouting and said, quote, he was getting us excited when we were down he's always like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to drive, we're going to get a stop, and he tells us how the game's going to go. Now, there was also this collective sense at halftime when the team was also down that Dorian Thompson-Robinson felt that the guys needed to look at themselves in the mirror, make adjustments, and never felt that the game was out of reach. Dorian Thompson-Robinson finished off with 564 total yards of offense, a school record which broke the 515 yards that Cade McNown had against Miami in a game in 1998. Now, Dorian Thompson Robinson's father even chimed in. And if you followed the team last year, he went on social media and said some disparaging things about Chip Kelly and the program and when they got out to that slow start last year. Well, he went back on Twitter and said after the win against Washington State, quote, total team effort by the entire offense, a defense that stepped up when asked, special teams, kickoff, return teams, teams, With no penalties and two touchdowns. Hats off to head coach Chip Kelly. Finally back to having ice in his veins. And staff. So I guess Dorian's dad approves. The fact that he said finally back to having ice in his veins. Kind of seems like a backhanded compliment. But he is pleased at least Dorian's dad. And that's a good thing. Also, Bruins linebacker Keyshawn Lucier South, he had missed the first three games with academic shortcomings, was able to get the game-clinching strip sack when he took down Anthony Gordon, the quarterback, forcing the fumble. Linebacker Josh Woods recovered that fumble to ice the game for the Bruins, and it was the third-largest comeback victory ever in FBS history. The Bruins also have the second largest comeback, and it was just two years ago when they made up 34 points to unseat Texas A&M, and the largest comeback was Michigan State, who was down 35 and rallied back to beat Northwestern in 2006. All right, when we return to Locked Bruins... What major achievement accomplished during the Washington State-UCLA game was relatively unnoticed, made an afterthought? Plus, what did one Wazoo running back attribute to the biggest reason to why the Cougs collapsed in the second half? Find out next. Getting you set now for the final segment of Locked On Bruins. Brian Fenley with you. Gardner Minshew has become quite the popular icon in American society. He's pretty much a household name, the former Washington State quarterback, now the Jacksonville Jaguars starting QB. He's got this stick where he wears aviators. He's got this wild mustache and does this thing with his strap, but I won't get too in-depth about that. But he was there on Saturday with a sold-out Martin Stadium crowd expecting Washington State to demolish the Bruins on the football field. And Anthony Gordon did more than his part. Nine touchdown passes, nine touchdown passes, a school record, a Pac-12 record. But because the Cougs didn't win, that figure pretty much goes mute. Gordon even passed Minshew's previous school record of seven touchdown tosses in a game. But we left the game and few people have even remembered that happened. So goes to show you what the power of a loss can do as far as covering up some major statistical achievements. Now, what I have noticed is Is A lot of times when players are still in shock from losing games, when they are asked to take questions from the media, the one constant I see is that the players, they cope with the loss by not necessarily crediting the other team for winning, but kind of blaming it on themselves and putting it on themselves as to why they lost. And Washington State running back Max Borgie followed suit. Yeah, we just got to stay level-headed. I mean, I felt like a little bit tonight. We just went out to the first half and thought the game was already over. And you could see it. The energy was kind of different. And uh, we, no matter what the score is, it's always 0-0. We got to play like that. I felt like we were playing like we are up. We're playing like we're down. It was up and down a lot tonight. But we got to, next week, just play level-headed, 0 respect every opponent. And that's what's really irksome to me is when a player during a post-game press conference interview rattles off all the different shortcomings of his own team and then fails to mention what the other team did and how that other team actually outplayed his own team. Like, it's not all about you, man. I know it's harder... Perhaps for the ego to let yourself to believe that it wasn't just up to you for whether you won or lost. But I I just think that sometimes guys have a hard time taking losses. And one way they do that is they just sort of close in and keep the blame within themselves. Perhaps the John Madden comment of the night was made by Anthony Gordon. When he said, when you turn the ball over six times, it's hard to win a football game. No kidding. And Gordon threw two interceptions. Now, Josh Woods had one of those picks, and he tweeted after the game. And you might remember his backstory coming in to Pullman. His high school teammate, Tyler Halinsky was formerly a quarterback at Washington State, and then Halinsky took his own life. And Woods, after the win against Washington State, said on Twitter, that was for you, Ty. I love you, brother. R.I.P. 3. 3 was Halinsky's number. Woods also had a towel tucked into his jersey, which had in Sharpie written number 3 and R.I.P. And... Woods had his hand in three takeaways in this game. So it just kind of comes full circle for Josh Woods. He had two fumble recoveries and an interception, which made the night even more emotional and special for him. Tomorrow, we will assess the players' comments from practice on Monday. We will continue to have a diagnostic report f- of the UCLA-Washington State game. We didn't get a chance to really get into what Demetric Felton did. Man, was he unbelievable in the Washington State game. Also, Doreen Thompson-Robinson. Get more into his heroics. But this is going to wrap up this episode for Locked On Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley.